Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody? Hey, it's Drew Bledsoe uh, coming to you from the Behind the Mask podcast with my man, Takeo Spikes, and his co-host, Tutom. We're going to tell some stories about our time together with the Bills. We're going to talk about the NFL today, and we're even going to talk a little bit of wine. So come join us on the Behind the Mask podcast. On this episode of the Behind the Mask podcast, we sit down with Super Bowl winning quarterback Drew Bledsoe. And you would be surprised to hear if he had to go to war with one coach, will it be Bill Parcells or Bill Belichick? Last but not least, you're going to find out exactly how he feels about Tom Brady. That's right. But before we go behind the mask with Drew, make sure you subscribe to the Behind the Mask podcast. Set up the notifications so you know when we drop an episode. Of course, we drop one every week for your listening and viewing pleasure. Follow us on social media at the BTM podcast. Like, comment, share, tell a friend to tell a friend. You never know who we're going to have on as another guest on the Behind the Mask podcast. And remember, on the Behind the Mask podcast, there's only one rule. There are no rules. Now, let's go. Let's go behind the mask. New FanDuel Fantasy players, your day is about to get 20% better. Start playing fantasy this football season and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit up to $500. That's a big time bonus and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit. What are you waiting on? The reason why I love FanDuel so much, I get an opportunity to set my lineups every game day. I can also play private contests with my personal friends. And you have many different formats, main slate, single game, best ball, and also a snake draft. Experience season-long wins without the season-long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash BTM to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash BTM. Age and location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. Man, what up, my good people? Yes, we are back with another episode of the Behind the Mask podcast. I am your host, Takeo Spikes. And somewhere floating around virtually, let me bring in my partner, man. Like, two, where you at, boy? What's going on? It's your favorite plus-size model, Tuton Ray, is in the building. Plus-size model. What's up, Dal? Listen, man, I'm excited, man. I'm excited because as an offensive lineman, we finally got a QB on the show. A prolific QB, Spice. One of your former teammates, man. Oh, yeah, man. Very prolific, man. So, you know what? Without further ado, let me just read off a couple of things on his resume, what this young man was able to accomplish before he stepped out of the game in the National Football League, man. 14 years in the National Football League. Played with three teams, the Patriots, the Buffalo Bills, and the Dallas Cowboys. Super Bowl champion, four-time Pro Bowler. Led the league in passing yards. Mm -hmm. Even going back to college, he was Pac-10 Offensive Player of the Year. Man, y'all give it up for my dog, one of my all-time favorite captains, Drew. Bledsoe. <sighs> you know, I, I appreciate it, Spikes. And I was thinking about you this morning. And, and you know, I still have a bone to pick with you. And, and you know exactly where this is going, right? So after all those years of playing ball, my brother is six years younger than I am. He followed me everywhere. 
and I was always his favorite player on every team, right? You took my throne. My brother came out. He met you and watched you play. And all of a sudden, my brother came, came and told me, he's like, man, I got bad news for you. You're not my favorite player anymore. <laughs> Keo Spikes is my favorite player. And it's so I've just, I, 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 I know, man, I, but I, it still hurts, man. It hurts, you know, I'm at, to, to have my own brother tell me that I was no longer his favorite player. That really hurt my feelings, man. And I hold you responsible. Well, you know what? It's, it's, it's a good thing. At least we were on the same team. It would have been worse, Drew, if I was on another team, but dog we had some good times and 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 the best times we could talk about happened on the field well some of the best times happened on the field but even better times when we were off i think about when we used to gather together after the game and we had the rvs we used to have the rvs boxed in food you know what i mean having some cold drinks we talk about drinks right now let me say cheers to this man i'm having cheers a bottle of 2018 double back Cabernet Sauvignon, courtesy of my boy Drew Bledsoe. I appreciate this, Drew. Too bad the plus size model doesn't have any. You know, I, I, if we had played together, Teton, you know, uh, you know, you would, you would, uh, you would have some because you know I always took care of my offensive linemen, right? Absolutely. Uh, always took care of my my boys that took care of me. So. But we just missed each other by a year or two, I guess. So, you yeah, know, we did. Um, but, you know, I, we'll, we'll be tied after this. So, you know, I can probably find a way to get you some grape juice. No uh, doubt, no doubt, man. Guys, you know, I am on my health kick after I work out. The first place I stop is McDonald's. I pick up me a strawberry banana smoothie. The recipe features the perfect combination of fruit juices, such as strawberry and banana. This is the perfect pick me upper. After I finish my workouts and the best thing I can order it anytime on the McDonald's app. That sounds like excellence to me. Mobile order and pay at participating McDonald's download and registration required. But yeah, Spikes, you know, it's interesting. I mean, you think back about our time in Buffalo together, you know, and, and I know that you experienced the same thing that I did. And two times you're probably in the same boat. When people hear that you're going to Buffalo, they're like, oh, man, that sucks. Man, I feel so bad for you going to Buffalo. But then you get there, and it's such an awesome place to play. And a lot of the reason that it's that, it, that it's so great is part of what you're talking about, you know, uh, Spikes. It, it's There's not that much going on, man. It's a small city. And so as teammates, we all hung out together. You know, if you yep. get into the big city, you know, everybody goes their own way, and there's lots going on and, and all of that. But we all hung out together, and it was a really cool team atmosphere when we were there because it was – you know, there wasn't, there weren't a lot of other other options, so we would just hang out, man, and it was great, and it was a really uh, a, just a cool place to play. Um, you know, people ask me now, you know, and I don't, I don't, I try not to say this publicly too much because I don't want to piss anybody off in New England, but you know, like if the places you played, what was your favorite? I was like, man, playing in Buffalo was like playing pro ball in a college town. You know, you yes. just felt like you were part of the exactly. community. Yeah. And it was uh, it was a really special place to play. And that's no, you know, that's no slight on New England or Dallas. You know, I mean, it was, it was a great time there. But it was just different in Buffalo, man. It felt like you were playing for a college team, uh, but you were in the pros, man. It was really fun. Oh, no, dog. It, it was 1,000% fun. And I get people who ask me that question all the time. And it's more so they come at me and they try to pin me down saying, I it's either this or that. And so I have to back off the mic, but I'm going to put that on you now. So we don't play a little game of this or that. All right. So 
We talk about playing on the football field. I want to know who was the best receiver that you played with, Keyshawn Johnson or Eric Mose? <laughs> well, um, they were different dudes. Um, and, uh, you know, the thing about Keyshawn that the general public doesn't really understand is what a great teammate Keyshawn was. I mean, there's all the noise and the book, to, you know, give, just give me the damn ball. And then there's a public perception that he was a selfish guy, that he was a, you know, a diva receiver, but that was not who he was as a teammate. He was a guy that would do the hard stuff. He would block, he would go across the middle. He would do all of those things. He didn't have near the explosiveness of Eric Moulds. Uh, I remember Eric, man, the first time I bumped into him, I got to Buffalo because obviously I'd seen him on the field and I saw him walking down the hall toward me and I thought he was a linebacker. And that dude was put together and was explosive and could go get it. So you're not going to pin me down. I'm not going to pick a favorite. It'd be like trying to ask me publicly which one is my favorite kid, man. I'm not going to tell you that it's my daughter. But, uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, but, uh, uh, but uh, no, man, I, and I, you know, uh, I will tell you that, um, you know, that both of those guys, I got to play with, with molds for three years. I only got, to, I got to play with key for two. Uh, those are guys like yourself that I wish I could have played with my entire career. Um, and we would have had a ton of fun, man. Moles was so tough. I, we had the same agent coming out. So my rookie year, I met him at the gym. We were working out and we started playing basketball after the workout. And this man was just dunking left and right. And I'm like, bro, you a receiver. You supposed to have a 40 something inch vertical. I can't jump. I'm an offensive lineman. I was 28 on a good day. And he was just dunking, talking trash. I'm like, it don't even count if you dunk on me. I can't jump with you. No possible way. But to your point, he was a phenomenal athlete, man. Uh, he was, man. I remember, I think it was a preseason game. And I threw molds a hitch, you know, just threw it to him at five yards. He stiff armed a dude and took it the took it the distance for a touchdown. Like, man, this is easy, man. I throw the ball to this guy, and he's just gonna go run people over and score. Um, you know, love love both of those dudes, man. Still love them both to this day. Definitely. So we still gonna keep you on the spot with this or that. So you played for two of the most uh dominant professional coaches in the NFL during your time. So this or that out of the two bills, Bill Belichick or Bill Parcells? Well, I think it's hard to argue against Belichick now, man, with the unprecedented uh, run of success that he put together. Um, now, I think Tommy helped a little bit with that. But uh, uh, this season, I think, is going to be a very definitive one for Belichick uh, if he can get them with the Patriots back on top. They took one on the, on the chin in week one against the Dolphins, hmm. um, which I don't think anybody expected. But if he can get them back on top this year, I think that that would cement his legacy. Um, but I, you know, of those two, of those two, I'd probably go Belichick, um, you know, Parcells hall of fame football coach. So you're talking about two of the greatest ever. Um, but after playing for both and, and, you know, I didn't, I didn't love either one of them. Right. You know, it, was like, it wasn't like it was super enjoyable going to going to work every day, uh, for either one of those guys. Right. Uh, you know, but, uh, uh, but the results speak for themselves, man. They're both amazing football coaches and and uh but i think it, you know when when whenever belichick decides to hang it up he's probably going to go down as, as possibly the greatest of all time um you know but uh yeah no it was a real privilege and then the other guy i played for in between those two was pete carroll and pete's going to be in the hall of fame as well you know but you know yeah. had a national championship as a college coach and a super bowl as a 
as a professional coach should have had two if he made one play call different uh but uh um so you know i played for for three guys in new england that are all going to be in the professional football hall of fame uh very different personalities um but the crazy thing with those three is that the things that made them successful are actually very very similar you know and we know what those things are it's discipline it's getting your job done it's competing every day you know all of that stuff they just approached it with a very different personality you know i i appreciate that because a lot of people talk about bill and bill and they and a lot of guys as you know players can't handle them so what is that common thing you know people say the patriot way and they get by rub by it but what is that thing that makes it so hard for a lot of athletes or a lot of players to come inside of that locker room and it's either you get on the ship or you get gone so what's the one thing in common that both coaches have that makes it so hard to be able to adjust well i think there are a few things actually um but at the very top of that list is it's it's always team above self right it's it's what's good for the team and ultimately what's good for the team is good for the, the player as well right if you win it's good for everybody right um and i think sometimes that's hard for certain players who have been the star wherever they've been you know from high school to college and then to other places in the pros maybe if you've been the star and all of a sudden you have to subjugate your sub your, it's you know put yourself beneath the team um uh, you know that can be hard um it also requires you know playing for the patriots um you've got to be smart uh, they ask a lot in terms of uh, what they want their players to learn and not only on a, an annual basis, but on a week to week basis to, to study and to digest as much information as they uh, put in front of you to try to give you an advantage. Um, and so you, you got to be, you got to be smart to play in that system. And some guys that can be overwhelming, um, you know, when they come in and they're used to just being, you know, the best athlete, so they can just go throw it out there with the Patriots fan. You really got to, you got to have it up here as well as physically. Right now, there are some African-Americans with sickle cell disease who need a blood transfusion every single month just to stay alive. And they are more likely to get a compatible match from a donor of the same ethnicity. So please donate because our blood saves lives. Go to redcrossblood.org slash our blood. Find out where and what time in your neighborhood now. Like I was about to ask you another question, but... I just had a sip of this double back, though. Let me be honest with you. Check this out. So I remember when you told me, you was like, look, I got something brewing. And then when I, I had some sent to the house and I tried it and I didn't know it was going to. And I'm listen for everybody out there. I'm not blowing this wine up like I tell the truth and people know that when I tasted it, I was like, damn. So I waited a year later and opened up another bottle, same vintage year, and it tastes even better. So my thing is, bro, like I never knew all of this was going on inside of your head when we were playing together in Buffalo. So like what made you start Double Bag Winery? You know, it, it was it was a combination of things, um, spikes that, that that pulled it together for me. Um, but probably at the top of that list, there were a lot of guys that got into wine around the same time. There were a lot of guys that, that drank wine both in New England and in Buffalo, and some and some guys in, in Dallas. But I would have guys come over to the house and they're like, "All right, just bring a bottle of wine." I did this a couple times in New England, 
and they would bring over something. They would always try to impress me. They'd bring some big daddy from Napa or some something from Bordeaux or whatever. I would grab something from my little hometown, from Walla Walla, Washington, you know, the town with the funny name out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, I would grab something from my hometown and we would put all these wines in paper bags and we would taste through them to figure out which one we liked the best. And that was mm. simple. And at the end of it, every time we did that, my hometown would win. I'm like, oh man, okay. You know, there's something going on back in this little, in this little town. And that's really where the seed was planted, um, you know, literally and figuratively that that was something I could do after the fact. But then from, from there to get to where we are, man, we've got an amazing team and we control everything from the dirt all the way through the glass. We've got a wow. farming team. We've got a farming team now, uh, 13 individuals that work for us. They work for us year round. We pay them better than anybody else in the, in the Northwest. Uh, they've got retirement benefits. They've got health benefits. And what's, what that has turned into for us is that they care more about our vineyards than, than anybody else does in the Valley. Because a lot of other teams, they use seasonal labor or they will use a, a contracted company. But these people treat our vines like they own them. And uh, so then you get that attention to detail and that just helps you get that little extra edge on top to, to build some, some elegance and some balance into the wine. Uh, plus it feels good at the end of the day, you know, you wake up and you brush your teeth and you know, the guy looking back at you in the mirror, you know that you're taking good care of your people. And uh, when you take good care of your people, it turns out they take good care of you. And uh, so it's something I'm, I'm really proud of. And at the end of the day, um, you know, you get to sit down and enjoy it and share it with friends. And some of my favorite compliments, though, are basically what you just said from old teammates, right? You know, so they'll get some wine yeah. and, they're like, and they'll send me a side text or, or give me a call like, damn, man, the wine's actually good. I'm like, well, that's such a backhanded compliment, man. You thought I was getting this to fail and make shitty wine, right? right. You know, you know? Um, but uh, no, man, we're really proud of it. We've got a great squad and, you know, and I still think our best wines are ahead of us, man. We've, we've, uh, we've, we've got more vineyards being planted. Um, we're continuing to experiment at the winery and I think our best wines are still out in front of us, which is really, really cool. Well, take us back a little bit, man. Um, we're going to go back to 2001, the hit that uh, put you on the sideline for a little bit. You know, we got to talk about it. Go behind the mask. Yeah, yeah. Did you think that that was going to be a career changing injury for you? No, I really did not. You know, um, well, first of all, when it, I didn't know the severity of it until I woke up in the hospital um, with a tube in my chest. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't recognize that it was actually a dangerous thing, you know, until that night. Um, and then they told me that I was, you know, in the hospital for, you know, what, I don't know, five or six days and then, then couldn't do anything for a long time. And so, you know, initially I was like, oh man, this, this, this is kind of a real deal. I mean, hopefully, hopefully I can get healthy and get back on the field. Um, you know, and Tommy had been there. He was on practice squad the year before. And going into that week, you know, I think there was some discussion as to whether Damon Heward or Brady were going to be the backup for that game, right? You know, and it's it's sort of the, the stuff of, of legend now, but um, I don't think anybody except Tom uh, really saw that he was ever going to be an NFL starter, let alone become one of the greatest of all time. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the kid got out there. The team rallied around and uh, played great early, you know, that season. And next thing you know, man, it's the Cinderella ride, you know, all the way to the Super Bowl and to a world championship, which was, uh, for me, uh, it was the very definition of bittersweet, right? Um, it's, know, right? My it's my team and my teammates, you know, celebrating a world championship. But the other dude is out there 
you know, playing my position, you know? Right. And so it was, I was at the same, you know, it was, uh, uh, now Tommy was at least nice enough to sprain his ankle in the AFC championship game. So he let me play for a little bit. Um, but and then, you came you know, in and did work though. You man, got we, the team we came, to the Super Bowl. We came, we came in and we got there. So at least I got to play for a minute. But you know, <laughs> I, I, but I but I tell but I tell people, you know, when you when you do that and you and you you know you've been the guy, you know, since you know sophomore year of high school, you've been the guy, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you know, you got to stand there and watch. Uh, man, it was hard. It was hard. I'm not gonna lie, it was hard. But uh, the the thing that made it easier though is i always liked and respected tommy so much that uh you know if he'd been an asshole you know it would have been a way different scenario but i always liked and respected the kid so much but shoot you know I, who would have possibly predicted that this skinny little twerp you know from michigan uh was going to go on to be tom brady right you know and and uh uh but i'm proud of him you know there's there's i mean obviously when you lose your job to somebody there's there's bitterness the bitterness there's resentment there's all of those things but but ultimately he's gone on and and, and proved it and you know and he's proven it again down in tampa man the kid just seems yeah. like he's gonna play forever by the way I, when i when i do when i do bump into him i always make sure i call him kid because i'm the only one old enough to be in the <laughs> locker room to call him kid anymore <laughs> he's older than <laughs> he's older than all the coaches you know right Shoot, man but uh no it was um it was hard times, certainly didn't see what was coming, but you know, life is life, you know, and, and, uh, it, and it's all how you react to things. If that hadn't happened, I would have never played in Buffalo. You know, I would never have gotten to be friends with spikes. You know, I would never I have gotten it, to right? play in Dallas, you know? And so you, uh, you know, you look back at it and, and, uh, you know, those things that you can't change, but what you always have control of is how you handle yourself. Um, and, uh, you try to make the best of, of whatever situation it is. And, um, you know, and now looking back, I wouldn't change any of it. You know, I wouldn't change any of it. Um, you know, obviously, you know, would love to be sitting here with, you know, a whole bunch of like six championship rings and, and all of that stuff. But, um, but you can't, well, hell, you, you got, then, you got would, one, got one, got one. I mean, you know, if I, if I hadn't got hurt though, I mean, let's be honest, we all know this spikes. If I hadn't got hurt, they probably have like nine championships in new England. I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Nah, you was tearing it up though back then, because that's I actually got drafted with Tom Brady. I went before Tom Brady in two thousand eight, and yeah, you know, that's his claim to fame. He got fame, drafted man. before Tom and Brady. I remember seeing him at the combine. And all that. It was like I, I I played with him in the All Star game too. I think it was the East West game, and I was yeah. like, man, this kid from Michigan, he just don't know how to get rid of the ball. But you know, but what do I know, right? He's still doing this thing, man. Yeah, what do He's still doing his thing. He's doing, he's still doing his thing. And I'm proud of him because he's done it all with a lot of class, you know, which, uh, so that makes me proud of him. And, uh, and I tell him that all the time. I'm more proud of how he's done it than what he's done. And, uh, at some point, though, I mean, let's be honest. At some point, he needs to find another hobby. I mean, man, you can't play. <laughs> I mean, you can't play football until you. Yeah, I mean, you got to do something else someday, Tommy. Shoot, come on, man. I I know it, bro. You, you we have guys who are looking for things they need to get into, looking to make the transition. I'm worried about Tom Brady because once he when he get out of competition, it's like, bro, you can't you can't compete and win a championship unless you're going to go in the front office. Uh, maybe unless you own the team, so who knows? That may happen one day. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. I don't. I, it'll be interesting to see where uh, what he ends up doing if he ever decides to stop playing. Man, he may play until he's sixty. Shoot, who knows, man? <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see when it's been that much of your life for that long. You know, that transition can sometimes be even harder. I think. Um, 
you know, it's, it's not easy for any of us, you know, when it's time to, to step off the field and, and move on with the rest of your life. But when you've gone that long, it can be even more difficult. So it'll be interesting to see what he ultimately decides to, to do and when he decides to pull that trigger. And when you were playing, um, I know you mentioned it was difficult dealing with being the starter, being the man from high school all the way to the NFL. And um, that animosity does kick in because I know back when we were playing, Spice and I were talking about it earlier, typically you don't lose your job to injury, right? So did you have any animosity to Coach Belichick or even Tom when you were going through that process? Not Tom, but hell yes with Belichick. <laughs> I was like, man, look, you know, I almost died out here on the field yeah. uh, for you. And, and uh, you know, things are starting to look up and then things are looking pretty good. And I just remember, yeah, I was not happy. You know, I had all kinds of thoughts, you know, and I thankfully I've got, you know, a great wife and a great support system around me. And, and uh, you know, I spent the day after I found out that I wasn't actually going to going to be the guy when I was healthy. Um you know, there are times like, man, screw these people. I'm, I'm done. I'm out of here. They don't yeah. get to push me around like this. Um, but by the end of that evening, um, yeah, I was, uh, I was good. And I was like, all right, you're going to do the right thing. And you go back, you're going to be a good teammate. You're going to support Tom. You're going to do everything you can to try and, you know, help this situation. Um, and, uh, you know, and that part of it worked out, you know, had I tried to bring the the whole thing down that becomes all about me and that's not and that's not what it's about it's not about you it's about the team and it's about trying to do the right thing in every situation but uh but i'm not gonna lie to you there were some there were some thoughts you know there were some <laughs> thoughts about uh you know <laughs> hey man these people don't get to kick me around like this man after i almost died on the field for y'all i, I don't know yeah. but uh, uh and so there was some animosity there but um, but I'm good with it now. You know, time heals things. And I've, I've bumped into Belichick a number of times now, and we're good. And uh, he's an interesting dude, though. You get him away from a football environment, and it's mm -hmm. like he's a different person. He showed up at a wine deal. I went back Meaning there and did that a wine. you would like him? Different person? Yeah. Oh, dude. So I went back there and did this wine deal uh, like right after we had launched Double Back. And he showed up with Bears, with his, with his assistant. They came over for this wine deal, and he was talking and laughing and sipping on some wine. And I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> Who, who's this imposter? Because I know that's not Bill Belichick. <laughs> He's like, I, I, just, I just saw him smile. I've never seen him smile before. Unless he, you know, won a world championship and then he like right back to business after that. Mm -hmm. uh, but when you get him off the field, he actually lightens up and, and he's and he's pretty fun, funny and engaging dude. But when he goes to work, it's all work. I remember Tommy telling me a number of years ago, I think he was like 17 years in at this point. And I asked him, I said, hey, is Belichick, is he lightened up at all? And he looked at me, he goes, dude, there are times when he'll walk by me in the hallway and won't say hi. Like they've been together 17 God. years, Damn. 17 years, the most successful coach quarterback duo of all time. And he would walk by and just ghost him in the hallway, um, which was, you know, it's just, it's just all business. When it's time to go to work, he just goes to work and there's no emotion. There's no anything involved in it. He just, he just sort of becomes a, an analytical robot when he goes to work, which is, it's allowed him to be remarkably successful, but it, it, it just, I don't know anybody else quite like that. Brother, the one thing that I appreciate about you, Drew, is, you know, a lot of guys, they'll get out of the game and some, most guys leave the game. It's, it's not at their will. You know, they're forced out of the game, whether you like right. it or not. The thing that I really appreciate about you is you still stay involved in the game. It's some guys who I call and they'll be like, man, I ain't watching that shit. And I'm like, bro, right. Right. like this is like, 
you wouldn't be living good right now if it wasn't for the game. So, mm. like, you still got to give some homage and pay homage to the guys who are still playing. The thing that we've had several conversations, and we talk about the game and, and ball, and we get together on Zoom calls, and we talk about why that ends up turning into ball conversation. I read somewhere you talked about Cam Newton, and this was during training camp early. And you said you felt like Cam had the opportunity to really rebound in 2021 with the full training camp and having the opportunity to learn everything uh, from the beginning. Obviously, we know where he's at now, uh, looking for a job and, you know, still looking for the right fit. What are your thoughts now for Cam Newton? I know he came out and said, yeah, I'm willing to come back and play. I'm not opposed to being a backup. But do you think that he would come back and play? What are your thoughts on it? You know, I, I, I anticipate that he will come back and play. I really hope that he does. Uh, I think he's got a lot more to give to the game. And, um, you know, and one of the things that, that I think is part of what you're talking about, the game doesn't owe him anything. The game doesn't owe us anything. But the thing that I appreciate about Cam and the way that he handled that whole situation was that he did not do anything that would scare a team away. He did not, you know, he did not come out and go negative. Um, he was completely, you know, supportive uh, through the whole thing. And and I don't know Cam. I just know him by reputation. And I know him from what I heard about uh, about him in the, inside the organization, about what a great teammate he was. I mean, shoot, man, he was a team captain after he'd only been there for a few minutes. You know, and so I think he showed that he is a true teammate. And if given the opportunity, he'd, he'd welcome it. The thing I hope for him is that, uh, and I'm not hoping for anybody to get hurt. We know that. But if somebody does get hurt on a contending team, I would love yep. to see him have an opportunity to go in there and play for a team that gives them the chance to fight for a championship. I did I did think they were going to give him a year this year with a full complement yeah. of weapons. You know, part of the reason, you know, I mean, look, you were talking about Tommy earlier. Tommy's not stupid. Part of the reason that he chose to go ahead and uh, move on down south, like all the old people from Massachusetts do, uh, in Buffalo, because, <laughs> and New York, Buffalo, right, <laughs> and New York, right? <laughs> I did. Somebody told me that a long time ago. Like, yeah, of course, Tom went to Florida. That's what all old people from Massachusetts do. <laughs> uh, but, 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 uh, but, but, uh, but the other reason that he that he allowed himself to move on was because he saw that the cupboard was going to be a little bit bare. Um, that the same complement of weapons weren't going to be there. And that's what Cam was saddled with last year. They didn't have, you know, and Edelman gets hurt and then, you know, Gronk's gone. And they, they, they just didn't have a lot of dudes. And so I was kind of hopeful that he was going to come back this year and get to play with some weapons around him and in a situation that was going to allow him to succeed. Um, I was very surprised that they went ahead and pulled the trigger as, as soon as they did. And, uh, you know, and we'll see how it goes from there. But but I'm, I'm cheering for the guy. Um, I know he's going to be fine in life. He seems like he's got himself pretty squared away uh, on a personal level, again, without knowing, knowing him at all. You know, and he's got a big personality. I mean, if he wants to go do TV, he's going to do great at that. You know, we all know that. But I would love to see him have a ch another chance to play because he's a remarkable talent. And seems like a heck of a dude. Overcoming the odds, rewriting the playbook, delivering under pressure. The MVPs of small business lead their teams to victory all year long. Visa is proud to provide playmakers everywhere with more tools to help grow their business and help them achieve even greater success. Because the more people we can empower, the more we all win. Visa. 
a network working for everyone. Let me ask you this, though, from a challenge standpoint, because from a fan perspective, you would think fans think, oh, it's that easy for a quarterback, Cam, former MVP of the league, to come in week three, four, five, whenever it is, and they expect to see him back to their MVP form. Bro, you know because you put in the work, you were one of the greatest to ever do it. I remember getting on the team with you, and I no lie, I remember praying like, God, thank you. I'm finally on the team to where I got a chance with the quarterback, with yeah. your leadership. Talk about like how hard is it just to get acclimated with just understanding the playbook? And we're talking about Cam, but like how hard is it for him to be able to go in and understand the playbook and then lead the whole entire team with right. confidence knowing that you didn't have all of that preparation from mini camp, training camp? It's really hard. It, I mean, you know, when you have that, all of that time to learn it, because first you have to learn a new language, then you have to learn a whole bunch of new teammates. Then you got to develop a rapport with your offensive coordinator and learn what he likes and he learns what you like. Um, you know, and that's why you see, you know, in most cases, you see, you know, quarterbacks and coordinators when they're together for multiple years, that's when you see great success. And, you know, you even saw it in a very, in a very short span of time. You saw it with the Buccaneers last year where they did, they weren't all clicking on all cylinders early in the season offensively. Um, it really took until about mid season before they started to click. And that's with Bruce Arians and with, and with Tommy, you know, they're, you know, who are two of the greatest of all time at their respective jobs. So it does, it takes a lot of time. And when, you know, and then you throw in, you know, injuries and you throw in all the COVID craziness last year and all of that. I mean, it really was not an honest test for Cam in that situation, you know, to come in and, and show what he could do. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that, that, uh, that he does, you know, land someplace and get a chance to do it. But if he does, it would sure would be nice to see him get to be, get to be there for a month before, uh, before he has to, uh, to go out there and actually lead. So, but it is, man, it's a, it's a, it's a big challenge and there's, and it's so multifaceted as a quarterback. When you're playing linebacker, all you do is just run fast and hit people, man. So, I mean, you don't even have to think, right? See, that's, um, see, that's a nice dogs, way of saying it. You, you, you can't you know play for the Patriots because it requires thinking. No, no, Spice. You know, y'all just see ball get ball. They don't take see a ball, get ball, yeah, man. Just, you know, man. Just, I mean, they're just, they're just, just, you know, just trained, you know, just pit bulls out there. Yeah, and they, see, they, they, see, they see that ball. It's like a big, juicy steak, and they go for it as fast that's as they it. can. That's yes, it. that is. That's the end reward. That's why but his neck's so big. That's why his neck's so big. Well, listen, I, I, I can't and, win because it's two against one right now. I hate y'all right now. No, you don't want you didn't you did not want to get into an argument with offensive players, Spikes. You know that. That's been the case forever and ever. Uh no, man, dude. With 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 the quarterback thing, though, it is you have to handle the offense, you have to get to know your individual receivers and understand their body language. You got to understand protections. And then you got to understand all the personalities that you're dealing with and how to yeah. lead that team. And so it's just, it's a lot. The selfish it's, it's, receivers. Yeah, it depends on yeah, which ones you're talking <laughs> Every about. Every receiver we, we, is selfish. They're, well, they're divas. We know that. And uh, and the honest ones will tell you that. There there are a few that are that are somewhat selfless. But even then, if they don't get the ball for a while, they, they turn into little crybabies. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, you got to go, go give them a hug and tell them you still love them, <laughs> even though you didn't throw them eight balls that game. 
but yeah, you got to get to know each of them. You know, we talked about molds earlier and I love Eric molds, but man, he needed, he needed some attention sometimes, you know, I would go, I would go, I would go take care of him, you know, and I had to talk to him on the sidelines from time to time. You know, I remember, shoot, I remember the first regular season game we ever played, they were rolling coverage to him. So he was double covered. Mm-hmm. And so I was working with peerless and we had other weapons and Josh Reed and Reber's mom. And we had, we had some dudes. And so I went to him and said, Hey man, I'm going to need you. I'm going to need you. They're rolling to you, but I'm going to need you. And he's like, oh, whatever, man. I'm like, no, I'm going to need you moles. Let's go. Right. And sure enough, late in the game, he caught the, uh, he caught the touchdown that tied the ball game up, you know, late in the game and came over and gave me a hug and we were all good again. Um, but, but, uh, you know, yeah, some of those guys, you need, you, you have to understand how they're wired. You know, some guys don't need to hear a word, but, uh, but some guys you got to know, you know, you got to know when to go give them a little hug. Have you ever played with the receiver that wasn't open, that felt that he wasn't open? Oh, you know what? Um, ben Coates, who was my, my tight end in New ben England. Coates. It was my, 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 my Winter my, Coates. Ben Winter Coates. Man, yeah, that was a man there now. Um, ben was – he was great because he was not selfish. But what he would do, he, he would come to me, you know, third quarter of things haven't been going well. So I'm like, come over to the, all right, man, look, you tried the other guys. I appreciate it. It's not working. Come back to your boy and let's go. And I'm like, <laughs> that's not selfish. That's just honest. Right. You know, and yeah. so I would come back and start throwing the ball at Ben and things would start clicking again. You know, you know, so he was, he was not selfish. He was honest and he was right. <laughs> you know, yeah. so like, all right, look, you know, we, I remember Parcells told me one time we had one play that we would run in the red zone all the time. It was called 84 red. And he goes, I don't even know why we call this play. All you're going to do is throw it to Coates. I was like, yeah, well, he always catches it. And we always score. So, you know, I mean, you know, you can call me stupid if you want, but what are we talking works, about? Yeah. If, 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 if it always works, then I'm going to do that. Um, you know, everybody in the stadium knows he's going to catch it and he still catches it and scores. Yeah, you know, game's not that hard that way. You know, <laughs> exactly. No doubt. Student of the game, prolific when you play, cannon of an arm, over 44,000 yards passing. What quarterbacks in this generation remind you of a Drew Bledsoe? Oh, man. Um, that's, that's, that's very kind of you. Um, you know, I think the guy that most emulates my game is Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, like, true, true dual threat. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Hey, what Madden league you playing in? Oh, I want to jump know, on. It's like, you know, I mean, I'm talking true dual threat, 4-3 <laughs> speed. You know, when I see Lamar Jackson play, I was like, you know, that looks just like me uh, back when I played. Uh, no, on, on, uh, uh, on, on, honest answer, um, Justin Herbert right now, I'm a big fan of this kid. Uh, man, he throws it nice. Now, he is, uh, he is more athletic th- than I was but then runs around a little bit, but I really like the way that he throws it. But I think just stature wise, the way the ball comes off his hand looks familiar to me. You know, same thing with Josh Allen, again, a guy that actually can pull it down and work with his legs a little more than I did. Um, but watching him throw it's, it's uh, similar. And then you got this other kid that's different from anybody. And that's Mahomes. The, the throws that this kid makes, it's just different where he's way off balance and then still throws with amazing velocity and accuracy from all kinds of different platforms. You know, he's pretty remarkable uh, watching, watching him play, but it is interesting, man. You know, they've been calling for the death of the pocket quarterback for a long, long time and forever. They would say that every year, say that every year it might be happening now because these guys that can, that can move can also work from the pocket. 
You know, I remember Steve Young was the first one that said that, that he didn't learn to become a great quarterback until he learned to work from the pocket first and throw it first and then use his legs. And now you're watching these kids that come in that can that truly are dual threats. It used to be to me when they would say dual threat, it was like, oh, that means he can't throw. But now you're seeing these kids come in that can actually throw with accuracy. And then when they pull it down and run, can really do it and, and can make things happen, you know, with their legs as well. And so, you know, I, I do think that that's the future of the game now. I think they predicted it about 25 years too soon. Uh, but I think that that's where it's headed now. Yo, and that's a good point that you brought up because you see a lot of guys who are truly like dual threats, even Josh Allen. When mm -hmm. you look mm -hmm. at what he's doing up in Buffalo, I want to ask you, do you think a lot of this is due to the fact of it's a passing league? And I think now you see more young kids who are emulating what they see. And when you look at middle school, what are they having before they have anything? Seven on seven. Mm -hmm. When you look at high school, what's one of the things that they're having competing in? before they even put on the pads, even in the summertime, 707. Do you attribute a lot of this success probably from a lot of these young players, especially at the quarterback position, understanding, knowing how to throw the ball, but then also blessed enough to be able to be considered a dual threat? Yeah, I think there's there's definitely something to that because we know you know anything that you're going to try to do athletically, it's about reps. You know, you got you got to get you got to see the picture a lot, and and they're getting a lot more reps uh, in these seven on seven leagues. And then the other piece of it that's allowing this to happen uh, a little bit more spikes, and I know that this is something that that when you look at the game probably drives you crazy. You can't hit them anymore. You know, <laughs> I mean that was one of the reasons as a quarterback that you didn't Pisses run around. Me I know it does. I know it does. And then, uh, um, you know, it's like if you're a quarterback, you're going to go run around. Well, you're running the risk that you might have your head separated from your body by the heel spikes of the world if you're going to go do that. And now and it's for the good of the game. Right. And I know it pisses you off. And I and I and I get that it's 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 to keep the it's to keep the, the marquee players on the field. But shoot, man, if you went and run around, ran around, you know, like some of these kids do now and uh, man, you know, you're going to get hit really, really hard and your career is going to be a lot shorter if you play in that day and age than it is right now. Well, man, like we said, one of the more prolific quarterbacks, particularly of our generation, uh, again, over 44,000 passing yards in your career. Um, your numbers stack up with some of the greats that are out there. Do you think that Drew Bledsoe gets the love he deserved being a top 20 all-time pass in the NFL? And don't be oh, fucking no. modest either, Drew. Don't you give me that uh, crap today. We're going behind the mask. No, we're going yeah, behind no, the mask. No, look, so and here's and here's the, the honest the honest answer to that is that, you know, I know who I was as a quarterback, and I know where I stack up with, you know, the Dan Marinos and the John Elways and the Jim Kellys of the world. You know, that's and that's when I was playing. That was the category that I was in. Um, and so I'm, and I'm comfortable with that, uh, in terms of the outside perception, that's outside of my control, but I know where I stack up, you know, and I, and, you know, look, if I go, you know, go to an event with, with, you know, Kelly Marino, Aikman young, you know, those guys, I am one of their peers and they recognize me as such to I mean, shoot, you know, you're in the, you're in the same boat, right. You know, where you just weren't in the right place at the right time. But if you go hang out with a bunch of linebackers, 
they know Takeo Spikes and they know what you were all about and they know where you fit in that grand paradigm of the linebackers of all time. Yes, the public indeed. May not, the public may not know as well, but the linebackers know. And at the end yeah. of the day, you know, what's more important, the respect of some media dude that, uh, that never put on a jock strap in his life or is it the respect of the guys that you played with, played against, and that were your peers when you were playing? And um, and so that's that's where it is, you know, to go and try and campaign for public affection. Yeah, come on, man, I don't have time for that shit. You know, and then you look at, I mean, you know, you want to talk about some other guys that we played with. Shoot, man, London Fletcher. You go put Ooh. his stats up. You go put his stats up against uh, uh, against Ray Lewis. You know, mm-hmm. and they're they're right right down the line, neck Same. and neck. Yeah. Dude, dude, dude was a five nine linebacker in the NFL that never missed a game. I mean, come on, right? And then you go look at uh, you go look at uh, how about Larry Centers of all the dudes mm-hmm. out there that should be in the Hall of Fame, all time leading receiver in the history of the NFL as a running back, all time, like number one. And all a lot time. of people. And as a full, as considered as a fullback too. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's it's sort of one of those spikes that we played. We were so blessed to play the game and got to do it for a long time. And uh, man, to harbor any bitterness because, uh, you know, some media types um, don't give you the props you reserve. That's just a waste of time. And I don't spend any time thinking about it, but I do know where I stand. I stack up with the guys that played in my day and age and, and, uh, and they know it and my teammates know it and my opponents knew it. So, you know, I don't, I don't spend a lot of time worrying about whether or not the media dudes, um, buy into that shit so that's where that stands bro sure. that's exactly what we wanted to hear because i don't buy into it either mm-hmm. i believe i was the greatest of all time when i stepped on the football field that's the chip that i carried with me and bro i will say this i can't sing you praises enough not because you came on the behind the mask podcast that's another level but i'm just saying from a leadership standpoint, accepting me walking into a locker room, making me feel like, you know what? You're probably the final piece, what we need in order to make this happen together collectively. I appreciate that, your leadership and just leading other men, alpha males. Bro, a lot of respect to you, man, and I appreciate you, Drew. Appreciate you, Spikes. And by the way, man, if you ever need to know where you stack up in the world, you're Adam Bledsoe's favorite player of all time. And, and so, I mean, dude. AD, I mean, dude, baby. I mean, Shout out to AD. Yeah, look, you know, they, they can have, their, they can have their, their gold jackets and all that, but you, you're, in, you're in the Adam Bledsoe Hall of Fame, dude, and there's only one member of that, dude, of that, of that Hall of Fame. That's uh, right, because he kicked, his, he kicked his brother out. And, and he kicked my brother out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hey, you know hey, what? Can, what we you tell, can-, hey, can we tell one story before we get off? Because this was the a- best absolutely. thing. That, I, I think my favorite thing that you and I ever pulled off while we were there was that we got Larry Centers in like his 13th or 14th league or year in the league to fall for the turkey prank on Thanksgiving. <laughs> He was in thir- he was thirteen years in, and we sent him to the store. Is oh man, I can't believe you guys got me. I've only I've, you know this has been going on I, like Larry, man. This has happened every year you've been in the league. Where every you come year, up on every single year. He goes, yeah, but you guys sold it so well. <laughs> like, well, hey, spikes, knuckles, man. We're good actors. Uh, that hey, was one bro. of my all. Th- that was one of my badges of honor that we got uh, that we got Larry to fall for that shit. Cheers, man. That was good, bro. I, I wish we could show the tape too, even the next year of that tape, but we're going to keep that up under wraps though. All for Likewise. entertainment. 
I love it. Hey, man, I appreciate you, Drew. Cheers, man. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.